You're listening to a message from Victory Church of the Bay Area. For more information, please visit us on our website at victoryus.org. Hey everyone, good to see everybody this morning. We are in the third installment of our series, The Call, which focuses on the call of discipleship, uh, Jesus calling us to discipleship. And, and we're going to go ahead and read our main text this morning, if we could all rise up and uh, open our Bibles to 1st John chapter 1. 1st John chapter 1. We're going to read from verses 1 through 7. Okay, so if you have your Bibles with you, please make sure to open it. Uh, I'd like to read from my Bible. If you don't have a Bible with you, just uh, look up here and uh, you'll see the verses here. All right, 1st John chapter 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from Him and proclaim to you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Father, that your word is truth. Your word is life. And, Lord, your word transforms our lives. And, Father, I pray that you would open our hearts and our eyes, our spiritual ears, Lord, to receive your word today, that we may indeed live in fellowship with you and with one another as we live in the light. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we commit this message to you this morning. May your name be glorified, and may your word be embedded deep in our hearts so that we can obey it and live it and practice it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may all have your seats. Again, uh, as we said, we are on a four-week sermon series, and this is the third installment for this one. And this focuses on discipleship. And the first week, we talked about discipleship being a call to follow Jesus Christ. Discipleship is first and foremost a call of Jesus to each one of us to follow him, to deny ourselves, to take up our crosses daily, and follow him. Basically, he is calling us to leave the life that we have defined for ourselves and pursue him so that he can give us his life, the life that he has purposed and ordained and designed for each one of us. Okay, so that we can live the, the real life that, that we were meant to live and we were designed for. Last week, we talked about discipleship being a call to the lost. You know, a, a direct result of following Jesus will be the heart, you know, to reach out to the lost as Jesus reached out to the lost because he loved the lost, lost people, those who don't know him, those who are in need of him. And as we follow him, we also follow in that heart. We are to reach out to lost people to tell them about Jesus. And that's why we are committed to make disciples. We are not making disciples for ourselves we are making disciples for Christ. We are telling them to follow Jesus. And we're helping them by our example to, to learn how to follow Jesus and to walk with him for the rest of their lives. And today, we're going to talk about the call to fellow believers. Okay, The call to fellow believers, that means discipleship is also a call to the church. You see, uh, for you to be a follower of Christ, Jesus calls people to him and when he calls people to him he doesn't just call one person he calls a lot of people 
And when he calls people to him, he also calls them to walk together as they follow him. Okay? So look at the person next to you and look at the person around you. These are people whom God has also called to walk with him, and he has called both of you or all of us to walk with one another. Whether you like each other or not, the call is to walk with one another. Okay? So, um, and here, we're going to focus on the topic of fellowship. We're going to focus on the topic of fellowship this morning. And uh, you've seen the word fellowship. Many of you know the word fellowship. For some of you, it's a new term. For some of you, you haven't heard it. And uh, for some of you, you've seen it, but you never really understand what it's about. Okay? So some of you may, have, may be familiar with, our, with the word fellowship in terms of, um, you know, different associations, you know, like medical associations. My father-in-law, who passed away in 2012, um, was a surgeon, and uh, he was a fellow in, I forgot what that fellowship was, and um, in his notepad, you know, how, you know how it is when doctors have their notepads, they have their name, their degree, and, their, and all those letters after their names, okay? So, <laughs> so it's, I don't understand, I just understand MDs right there. <laughs> so, um, but he told me he was a fellow in this, in this association so of, of doctors or something. So I guess it's a, I, I don't have an understanding of it. Maybe Lilibeth could give me a, give some insight there. You're a fellow of what? She is a fellow of the Obi-Gyne community. There you go. So those who have taken up Obi-Gynecology, you know, and graduated and finished there, they're called fellows, right? So... So if you don't know, Lilibeth is, uh, is a doctor. She's not practicing now. She's like. <laughs> <laughs> so but um, that's what it is. Okay, So you've seen the word fellowship there. Or maybe some of you have seen the word fellowship in a movie that came out about 10 years ago. The Lord of the Rings, the first installment, The Fellowship of the Rings. Some of you have actually read The Lord of the Rings, the book, the entire book. That's great. You've read it? That's awesome. So I've read it. I've read the whole the, the three three parts, and it's awesome. And the movie doesn't give it any justice at all. So, but it's a good movie. So if you've seen the movie, The Fellowship of the Ring, and the Fellowship speaks of the company of dwarves, elves, hobbits, and men who banded together for the sole purpose of uh, destroying the One Ring of Power. Okay. So and they were called the Fellowship because they were together. And there was something in common that they had, okay, one mission, okay? But the most common place you see the word fellowship is probably in churches, right? And uh, we've seen it. Different churches are named so-and-so Christian fellowship or fellowship church or Christian fellowship church or victory Christian fellowship. Or We don't see that anymore in the new churches that are coming up because uh, they say this is a kind of like a, an outdated term. But nonetheless, the term fellowship for churches may be outdated, but the word fellowship is not outdated as far as discipleship is concerned. Okay, so fellowship, as the dictionary defines it, is this, friendly association, uh, especially with people who share one's interests. You notice in all the examples of fellowship that I gave you, it's all about groups, right? There is no fellowship when you're alone. How can you have fellowship okay, when you're all by yourself? Okay, so some people call it me time. I'm having me time. I'm having fellowship with myself. Fellowship involves more than one person. It involves others. Okay, everybody say others. And we are creatures of relationships. You know, no man lives his life on an island unless you really do live on an island all by yourself. But even if you do live in on, on an island all by yourself, your heart longs for relationship. Your heart longs to be in communication with somebody else. Okay, because that's what we were made for. We cannot live this life all to ourselves and all by ourselves. We need community. We need a company of people who share our interests. We need people whom we can share our lives with. Okay, how many of you know that, that uh, life would be better if life is shared, right? Some of you are saying, I'm a loner type. I'm the, I'm the loner guy. 
Well, e- even the loner guy wants to be praised from time to time. That's why the loner guy who posts on Facebook actually is wanting people to encourage him, wanting people to, you know, to communicate with him. So it's all innate in us, okay? And um, when you talk about fellowship, it's all having a, a unity of either thought, unity of affiliation. There's a unity of, of ideas. There's a unity of experience, Okay, and some people bond together because of experience, because of affiliation. You know, like my son, Josh, he's on his first year in a regular school. So I've been telling him about school spirit, okay, and that was something foreign to him when he was being homeschooled. Okay, so to him before, school spirit was actually, it's all about the family. (laughs) You know, so but now school spirit is something real to him and uh, our van that needs to be brought to the car wash after today, actually, uh, I think it was him who wrote there, Colt Pride. So, because uh, he's, um, you know, joining uh, the football team. Uh, he's, you know, trying to join the football team for, for his high school. And he has Colt, Colt Pride there. So, he's learning about school spirit. Now, you know, that's something I know. My alma mater, okay. I wanted to bring my jacket, but my, my wife says, <laughs> I said, there's a point to it in my sermons. Go, no, no, so that's okay. I just Get the logo there. There's something about, you know, how many of you are proud of your alma mater, your schools, okay? See, we all come from different schools, and this is my alma mater. This is, uh, you know, I graduated with a degree in engineering in this university, from Dallas Hall University. And there's something about uh, people from a certain school. When you're, you know, from when you went to school together, there's a certain camaraderie there, right? Even if you don't know each other, right? Now, how many of you are from this school? Can I see? Okay, just one, two. Come on, don't be shy now. There's two and three of us, okay? I know one more who's not here today. So <laughs> and uh, I think Joel also. Where's Joel? Okay, so, but when you see people from the same university, from the same school, even if you don't know each other, especially if you're in a foreign land or you're in another country, and you see each other, you're in the same school, you, there's such a bond there that you just readily connect. I have a jacket that I wanted to bring today. And that jacket is about almost nine years old. Okay, I bought that uh, nine years ago. And I still wear it today, and I kid you not. I don't think there's anything that I know of in my life that's been a conversation starter other than that jacket here in the United States. So every time I wear it, people come up to me and just, hey, animo. They go, animo, and this, so they, hey. And then they just strike up a conversation, and then later on, we're exchanging numbers. You know, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Where there's a bond that you feel. And so Adrian's right there passing his jacket. Uh, could you make sure my jacket is there? Wave your jacket, Adrian, for everyone to see. Come on. There you go. What does it say? UP. <laughs> University of Pasadena, right there. <laughs> now, my wife is from UP, so school pride. They have pride. You know, the UP students, they say UP and the others. Okay, so... That's school pride right there. There's, there's a fellowship that you share when, you know, uh, there's a bond. When you talk about fellowship, there's a strong bond that you have, okay? And uh, so let's ask this question, now what does true fellowship look like? Now, there are some notions of fellowship that um, people have today. When they think of fellowship, they think of it as just a group or a community and particularly a religious one, okay? So when you say fellowship, oh, in our fellowship, want to join our services in our fellowship so they think of it as a group okay like the church okay victory church of the bay area okay is the fellowship i go to so some people think of it as a hangout oh let's fellowship it's a hangout it's a good time it's a downtime where they just they can they can just relax and have fun together and many times especially for filipinos fellowship is eating okay so it involves eating Okay, Filipinos are like hobbits. We eat at least five times a day. So they think of it as a hangout. It's a gimmick. It's activities, and they have bond, a bond there. And some people think of it as friendships. So when you have fellowship, that means you have friendship. But, and all these things are good, and they are all part of fellowship. But the Bible reveals something far greater than all these things. These things are part of of what true fellowship is, 
But these things in and of themselves do not define solely what fellowship is. Okay? So the Greek word that was used in the Bible, in the New Testament for fellowship, is koinonia. Okay? Everybody say koinonia. Okay? It means participation. It means fellowship. It means sharing activity. Okay? So it means sharing in activities or privileges of an intimate association or group. Okay? So... We share common experience. Here in Victory, we share the same values. We share the same, um, we call it DNA, I guess, spiritual DNA. And we share a lot of things. We share our lives together. So the Greek notion of koinonia, apart from the New Testament application of this word, when the Greeks or the Hellenistic thought or Hellenistic culture and, and literature would speak of koinonia, it usually refers to a partnership in a business venture, okay? Or it also refers to shareholders in a common enterprise. So it's more in the business side. And it's interesting that the biblical writers, the New Testament writers, applied the term fellowship and had a deeper meaning for it because, yes, it is association, but there is something deeper with our association as believers in Christ. Okay, and so our definition for fellowship is this one. Fellowship is shared life coming from a common faith in Christ. Okay, that's why we call each other brother and sister. We are all brothers and sisters here in the Lord if we are in Christ. Okay, we may not be biological brothers and sisters, but we are spiritual brothers and sisters. We are part of God's spiritual family, and that is made possible by faith in Christ. Okay, and we have fellowship with one another. It's interesting, even people from Victory, Victory in the Philippines, there's over 80,000 people there from Victory. And it's interesting, when you see each other in the mall, uh, they don't know each other, but when you see like our, the Victory logo, someone wears a shirt, Victory shirt, or you know, holding a one-to-one a -one book, they, hey, you're from Victory? Which Victory do you go to? You know, they, and then we talk, okay? And uh, there are times, because I'm a pastor in, in the church there, I was a pastor there. There would be times in the mall that I would walk past people I do not know. And then they would go, hey, hey, how you doing? Uh, what's your name? So they would say their name for the first time. They would introduce themselves. And um, there's just a connection right there. Because we are the same spiritual family, there's fellowship right there. So we're talking about fellowship. Okay, um, Fellowship is shared life. Everybody say shared life. That's why you cannot have fellowship all by yourself because you have to share life with others. Fellowship always involves others, okay? And true fellowship is beneficial because if you need to be forgiven, who can forgive you, okay? If you need to be taught, many times you can't teach yourself. If you need to be corrected, you need others to do that. If you need to be encouraged, sometimes you encourage yourselves, right? But how many know sometimes an encouragement from another person works far greater than your encouragement? Okay? So fellowship is important. Now, now let's look at this idea of fellowship from the text that we read a while ago. Okay? So let's go back to 1 John chapter 1, and let's go verse by verse here. And it says there, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you. Here, the, the, the Apostle John, uh, the author of this book, who also wrote the Gospel of John, is basically laying the groundwork for our fellowship. And fellowship is not because you go to the same church. It's not because, you know, you go to the same victory group. Yes, fellowship could occur there, but our fellowship is not because of our associations, although fellowship involves associations with others. But the root is not the friendships. The friendships in fellowship is the fruit. You get it? But the root of fellowship is something far greater. And Apostle John is speaking of this one. And before we continue here, you know, the tradition says, and according even to some of the church fathers, the early church fathers, 
Irenaeus and, uh, and all the other, I forget the other one. They referred to John here and, and this letter because traditions laid down by the early church fathers say that John wrote this epistle to address the, the issue of heresy among some of the believers in the, some of the churches in Asia at the time. Okay? And that is that Jesus was not really divine and that they were, there was, were people in, in their group trying to win others over and they left to start their own group. And so some of the people were getting confused about uh, their faith. And so John stepped in as, as a father to these people and spoke of the certainty of who Jesus is. And that if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as he truly is, you have eternal life. And if you have eternal life, you have fellowship with God and you have fellowship with one another. Okay? And anything else that is said otherwise is not from God. It's not in the light. Okay? So and that's why he was addressing this. Now, he says here, we testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you. What was he talking about here? Let me rephrase that. Who was he talking about here? Jesus Christ. Remember, he was one of the, the 12 apostles. That which we have seen, that which was from the beginning, that which we have seen, we have heard, we have touched, basically the, that one we've related with, we proclaim to you. Jesus is the foundation of all the things regarding our faith. And it says here, we proclaim also to you so that you may have fellowship with us. We have fellowship with one another and with the Father and with the Son. And if you put your faith in, that's why we proclaim him to you, so that your response is to put your faith in him. And when you do, we have fellowship. We don't know each other, but we have fellowship. Okay? And here, this fellowship is deep. You need to understand, and he says it. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. So it's not just friendship. Okay, these medical associations, they have fellowship, and it's based and it's rooted in their profession. The Fellowship of the Ring, they have fellowship, and it is rooted in their mission. The people from your alma mater, you have fellowship with, and it's rooted with your common college experience. Here, the fellowship that he's speaking of is rooted in God himself. Our fellowship is with God. Okay, and he says here, we are writing these things to you so that our joy may be complete. And this joy speaks of uh, the joy that accompanies salvation. And as we are in fellowship, we enjoy the salvation we receive. We enjoy the fruit of the salvation. There is joy there. And when we see people coming to faith in Christ and they are saved, how many of you know, how many of you rejoice when somebody gets Save somebody puts their faith in Christ and you hear about it. Do you rejoice? Especially if you've prayed for that person for years, right? You rejoice. It's not because, oh, thank God, oh, I've labored so much. No, it's because finally you've seen the light, okay? Now you can enjoy what we've been enjoying and what we've been telling you. Verse 5, it says here, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you. This is what we heard from him as an apostle, as a witness, as a personal witness to Jesus. This is what we've heard from him, and now we proclaim it to you. We have fellowship with him, and if you put your faith in him, you will have fellowship with him as well. And it says this, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. God is light. John begins to expound on the concept of fellowship with a revelation. The reason why relationships here in the church are profoundly unique and it's so distinct and it's attractive if it is genuine fellowship is because it is founded on the revelation of God. It's not because it's victory. It's not because it's another big-time church. You can be in a mega church. You can be in a church this size. You can be in a very, very small church or in a house group, in a house church, and still 
have the same revelation and still have the same fellowship with God. And that is the basis of our fellowship with one another. Okay? The revelation of God. That God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. And look at the application here. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, what is the reality of that? We are liars. A lot of people do that today. They attend church. They don't even deceive others. They just deceive themselves. Thinking as long as I attend church and uh, I give tithes, I pay my tithes, and I attend uh, Victory Group once in a while, I'm going to be okay with God. They're basically deceiving themselves. But they live in darkness. Let me say this. Not everybody who attends church is walking in the light. That is why it is our job. If you are walking in the light, it's our job to proclaim Christ, to reveal Christ to them, to build genuine relationships with them so that we can show Christ to them. Are we perfect? No. But how many of you know that there is a certain revelation of Christ already in you? That people can see. All you need to do is show it. Okay? And be more authentic with your faith. And so here, if you say you have fellowship with God, but you walk in darkness, deliberately you lie and you do not practice the truth. See, being in fellowship with God is also it also means living in truth. That means there's truth in every aspect of your life transparency there's no there are no pretensions there's no best foot forward okay how many of you are courting someone and when you court someone you always put your best foot forward right the whole time you're dating it's your best foot forward right now that she says yes to you and you get married now i never you've you've always shown me your best foot i've never seen that other foot it's disgusting after they get married you know, they wake up like, this is not the guy I, s- I said yes to. How many of you could relate? Don't raise your hands. If you're in fellowship with God, what you see is what you get. Transparency. You live in truth. Okay? Verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light. Remember, God is light. And if we walk in his light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. We have fellowship with him. And then everyone else in the light of God, you have fellowship with. Shared life. See, is it possible to have fellowship apart from God? Yes. Your friends, you have fellowship with them. Your drinking buddies, you have fellowship with them. Your partners in crime, you have fellowship with them. But this fellowship with God is the only fellowship that lasts for eternity. And it's unique. And it's distinct. It's meant to be distinct, to provoke the world, to show the world that there is no other fellowship like this, and this is what the world is looking for. Genuine, authentic, true, transparent relationships, people who are being perfected not by themselves but by God, and people who are living in the light, walking under his blessing. People who don't know God cannot manufacture his blessing. Okay? So as we see here, an important aspect of fellowship with one another is walking in the light of God. So what does it mean to walk in God's light? What is an evidence of walking in God's light? Okay, what is one evidence that you indeed walk in the light of God? Does it mean that you are perfect, that you don't sin anymore? How many of you are already perfect here, that you don't actually sin anymore? Anybody? Is that the evidence? While you're living on this earth, what is the evidence? We're not all perfect. If we're being perfected, but we're not perfect yet. What is the evidence? The evidence, walking in God's light, is love. In the second chapter of 1 John, he expounds what walking in the light is. Okay? And he says, whoever says he is in the light... And hates his brother is still in darkness. What was the verse that John wrote a while ago? If you say you have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, you lie. And you don't practice the truth. Here, he says, if you walk in the light, you have fellowship with God. And if whoever says he is in the light, that means 
he has fellowship with God and hates his brother is actually still in darkness. He is deceived. Being in the light of God, under God's revelation of who he is, there is no darkness at all. And then you're here. And then you hate a brother deliberately. You are deliberately walking under darkness. Now, it's different when you're struggling with hate and you bring it to Jesus and say, Jesus, I struggle with this. You know, some people struggle with sexual temptation. Some people struggle with greed. Okay? It doesn't matter if you struggle with those things. What matters is you bring it to him and ask him, Lord, please help me here. I don't want this anymore. I'm struggling with it. Please deliver me from it. And then you ask other people, could you pray for me? You know, here's the good thing about fellowship. When you have fellowship with God and you've sinned, you're already a, a believer, but you stumble and fall from time to time, right? You sin. <laughs> if you're in the light and you've sinned, that sin is so seen in the light, you don't go. It's so obvious that you're hiding something, right? What you do when you've sinned, it's all exposed in the light. You go closer to the light. God, please take this away from me. I don't want this anymore. That's a good thing if you have fellowship with God. You can run to God. You have that kind of relationship that you can run to him, not with shame, but with confidence that if you confess your sin to God, what does God promise? He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He wants us clean. He wants us cleansed. We have to bring it to the light. And here, we don't just bring it to the light. We also bring it to others who are in the light and say, Angelo, would you pray for me? I repented of this already, but I need you to stand with me, brother. I need you to pray with me here. I need you to hold me accountable in this area. I struggle with it, and I've surrendered this to God, but there may be moments of weaknesses that I may have. I need you to be there, and if you need to slap me, do so. I give you the permission. If you need to rebuke me, please do so. I'm, you know, the Bible says, confess your sins to God, and he will, for, he will be faithful just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But if you confess your sins to others, not to everybody, but to others that you trust who can help you, the Bible says, you confess your sins one to another so that you may be healed. Sin has effects on people. God will forgive you, and he will use the ones you're in fellowship with, to be his instruments for your healing. So that's why don't run away. That's the powerful benefit of fellowship, powerful benefit of being a believer in Christ, and you are in his house. You're part of his family. Verse 10 says this, whoever loves his brother abides in the light. If you love your brother or your sister in Christ, you abide, you walk in the light, you live in the light. And in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because darkness has blinded his eyes. Okay? Now, it's interesting in 1 John 4, 7 through 8 says this, Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and look at this, and knows God. It's interesting, the Apostle John says that loving God and loving others is synonymous to knowing God. When you love God, you will know him. When you love others, it's a proof that you know and love God. Anyone who does not love, everybody read this. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. There's another revelation of who God is. He is light. In him there's no darkness. And he is love. Okay? If we claim to know God, then our lives should be marked with love. Love for others. Love for God and love for others. Okay? And here, John expounds on this topic in chapter 4, verse 16. So we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. You see, if you love, you abide in the light, it says. We read a while ago. And here it says, whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Isn't that powerful? 
And because God abides in us, fellowship, true, genuine fellowship is possible because it's rooted in him. And our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus. And, of course, with the Holy Spirit as well. So we asked the question a while ago, what does true fellowship look like? Discipleship is a call to fellowship with other believers. When you say you're a disciple of Christ, it is necessitated that you walk with other believers. You can't be, oh, you know what? I'm a Christian. It's between me and God. And my pastor is, is so-and-so because I listen to his podcast. Well, you may be blessed. How many of you are blessed by preachers who have podcasts and they have great preaching? And then and here's a problem, and a lot of people, uh, research have shown this, that people today are becoming, because of these super cool preachers in the podcasts that most people in the churches tend to compare their own pastor with that podcast preacher and what happens is there is disconnect that happens i'm blessed with those podcast preachers i have fellowship with them if i see them but the real fellowship that i have the one that encourages me the one that gives me strength, the one that helps me, the, the fellowship that enables me to stand with others is the ones I'm with. If you're just listening to a podcast preacher and not fellowshipping with other believers, you are shortchanging yourself. I'm not saying that you don't listen to them. You do listen to them. I listen to a lot of them to help me. But my relationships are with you guys and the people God has called me to run with. So, what does true fellowship look like when you say you share your life with people here in this church? What does the Bible say about true fellowship? You want to see it? You see, we're answering this question by looking at what Scripture says. Okay, and I'm going to give you just a few of them. Okay, here's a few of them. What does true fellowship look like? Look at the person you're closest with. Your best friend in the church or maybe your victory group leader, or someone you're just, see, some of the youth are like, come on, man, come on. They're fist bumping right there. I like that. See? Listen intently, because when there is fellowship, there is growth among all the believers. And when there's genuine fellowship, there is a witness to the world. Your light shines brighter. And here are the practical applications of fellowship, as the Bible says, okay? Of course, it says in Romans 12, verse 10, it says there, love one another with brotherly affection. Look at this. Outdo one another in showing honor. What do we do in church? We honor ourselves. We seek honor. I'm not recognized. I did this so-and-so, and I wasn't acknowledged. It hurts. And that may be true, and I'm, I don't mean to step on your pain that pain is real but that pain is real because you are focused on yourself not on Christ instead of seeking honor give honor what does the Bible say give and it should be given to you you want friends don't wait around no one's approaching me I've been here in this church nobody's been approaching me you want friends in the church if you want friends, be one. Come on now. Outdo one another in showing honor. Don't dishonor. Honor. If there's nothing good to say about anyone, don't say anything. But what we have here in the church is, oh, you've heard? You know what, brothers and sisters? Can we pray for Angelo? Because I heard from from this guy who heard it from this guy who heard him speak to his wife in a private conversation that he's going through this, he's, you know, struggling with this, and I don't know if we should even know about it, but it came to us, so, and then, oh, really, maybe, th oh, that's why he's been acting like this, and then now, the conversation took, takes about an hour long, and then, can we pray for him? Okay, Lord, we pray for Angelo, help him in Jesus' name, amen. That's dishonoring. That's why I mean, Many times as a pastor, I get to know things that I know like I don't need to know that, but because I'm a pastor, I need to know it. But uh, if you're not the pastor of the church, there's something that you don't need to know. Hey, wait, wait. I don't need to know that. Okay? 
I'm not involved in your situation. I don't need to know that. If I'm not part of the problem or the part of the solution, I don't need to know it. Okay? Now, if you want to tell me because you want my help, then just tell me enough so I can pray for you. Okay? So honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. Next one, Romans 12, verse 16. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty. You know what haughty is? You look down on others. You think you're better than others. <laughs> you walk in the church with a certain strut, and you think you're made, and uh, <laughs> look at that. Oh, where'd you get that coat? Oh, you know, I got that from, uh, oh, I guess got from that place. Oh, nice coat. Where'd you get that coat? Oh, I got that from Burlington. Oh, I love the place. doesn't matter. But people are haughty. You don't wear a certain brand, you're looked down upon. That's worldly. That's not living in the light, folks. How many of you want to live in the light and have genuine fellowship? Don't be haughty. But associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. You know what? I'm, I'm a rich guy. I don't associate with, uh, with hicks. I'm a city guy. No hicks, please. You know what? Somebody needs to tell you, if your mentality is like somebody needs to tell you, in Christ, there's no Jew nor Greek. Nor s- there's no slave or free. There's no rich. There's no poor. It doesn't matter. If you're in Christ, you're all part of the family of God. Come on now. It doesn't matter. If you're, if you're the doctor of this, this big medical conglomeration, you're, you're, you're the CEO there, and then a member of your church only has a li- this, this, this job that you can't even speak of. In the gospel and in Christ and in his family, it doesn't matter. True fellowship will enable you to associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own eyes. Romans 14, 13. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer. You know what? He's not, I don't want to be like that because, you know, this church, this church is this. Those people here are like that. They don't, they're disrespectful. They don't do these things. They, they don't even acknowledge me. They don't pass ju- Do not pass judgment. See that guy? That guy, he's, he's a, you know, he's, he's rude. He's rude. Don't associate with him. Kids, don't associate with him. It was one time that he was rude. Did you come to understand why he was like that that day? Probably he lost his job. Probably he's, you know, and he just discovered that he has this terminal illness and he can't handle it. And he happened to be in church at the time and he couldn't process it and he was rude. If we understand that, then we can accept it. That's why we always say with understanding comes acceptance. But many times you say, he's rude, don't associate with him. Do you know the circumstances why he was like that? Do not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block. Or hindrance in the way of a brother. That happens again. That happens so many times. I don't know why that happens. Romans 15, 7. Accept one another, then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Accept one another. Look at the people around you. These are imperfect people. How many of you know? Don't raise your hands. But there are people here in this church that kind of irritate you a bit. You're excited to be in church, and you go, ooh, let's sit over there. Hey, brother, hey. Okay. We have those people, but in the gospel, whether they're irritated or not, it doesn't matter. Accept one another, just as Christ accepted you. Come on now. I appeal to you, brothers. By the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree. Another, vers- another version of this passage says you all come to agreement. Okay? And that there be no divisions among you. And that is so sad. We see a lot of churches split because of divisions in the church. Because they can't agree. They can't come to the place of working it out and come to a place of agreement. It's and this one doesn't want to give way, this one doesn't want to give way, and that's why there's a split. And that's why there are divisions. That's why there are camps and silos in the churches. Oh, this, uh, these guys, you know, we don't associate with them because they're like that. Come to an agreement. Don't look for 
your differences and your flaws. Look for what you can agree upon. And regardless of your differences, you're all the same because you're rooted in Christ. Come on now. Galatians 5.13, for you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Fellowship, shared life is all about serving one another. Galatians 6, 1 and 2 says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, this is people in the church, okay, people who are saved. If anyone is caught in sin, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself lest you too be tempted. You see, when someone falls, we go, hmm, he's doing great, and then he falls. We avoid a person like a plague. We cast them out of the fellowship because we don't want to be defiled. People fall in sin, and we, sh we shun them away. The church is a place where they can find hope. But if the church shuns them away, there will be no hope for them. What kind of restoration will there be? Some people say, I trusted you. By you sinning that way, you betrayed me. How can I trust you again? I know it. trust is a hard issue. But our job is to restore gently. We don't judge. We don't put down. We help when your brother's down. You don't leave him, leave him down and kick him while he's down. When he's down, you help him up. That's what the church is for. That's why Jesus designed it for us to be in fellowship so that when we are the ones down, there are people who can help us up. How many of you are, you've been encouraged by, by people in this church when you were down, you were encouraged by them and you were helped by them? Could you say that? See, are we perfect? We're not perfect. No one's perfect here. Verse 2 says here, bear one another's burdens. <gasps> problems. I have so many problems on my own. And you want me to bear your problems? Oh, come on now. I can't handle this. Remember, Jesus is also bearing your burdens. He's doing that for you. And as a follower of Christ, you should do the same. That's how you show Christ to your brother and sister. Is this making sense? Fellowship is not just during the good times. Fellowship is seen in its beauty in these moments when people are in need. A few more verses and then we'll end. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. How many of you have forgiven people here in this church? How many of you are still forgiving? How many of you know that you will be forgiving? <laughs> Just deal with it, okay? I know that's going to be always forgive. See, in the church is where you can practice your Christianity. Jesus wants you to forgive as well. Because God forgave you. Ephesians 5.21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. In other words, defer to one another. It's not just me first, me first, what I want first. No, okay, brother, go ahead. Put premium in other people. Put others first, and guess what? That's what they will do for you as well. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Don't tear each other down. Encourage, build them up. Put courage in them. Hebrews 10.24, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Come on, brother, you can do this. You know what? I feel like God wants me to start a small. Come on, brother. You know what? Let me, there's a making disciples class. Let's, let's help you. I'll be there with you. And I'll help you how to start a victory group, how to disciple someone, how to do the one-to-one. -one. Stir them towards love and good deeds. Don't influence them towards the bad things. Influence them towards the things that can draw them closer to Christ. Make sense? James 4.11, do not speak evil against one another. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law. First Peter 4.9, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Don't have the mutley spirit. You know the mutley? You know who mutley is? The wacky race. Don't have that. First Peter 5.5, 5, likewise, you are younger. Be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. Don't be proud. Be humble towards one another. For God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. The more you humble yourself and you have a, a posture of humility with one another, the more God's grace will be upon your life. 
That is the posture to receive the grace of God. Now, as I end, I want you to tell me what this is. What is this that you see here? Just a lot of red. <laughs> Burning coals. Burning coals. How many of you, summer's coming up and you're going to be barbecuing? You need the coals to be together. To cook something, you need the heat to be intense. And for the heat to be intense, you need the coals together and light them up together. And one, one coal is burning, and it's right next to a burning coal. The heat of this coal affects this one and vice versa, and they become even hotter. And they burn brighter and brighter and hotter and hotter and hotter, accomplishing the purpose of grilling and barbecuing that, that steak and those baby back ribs. Right? It accomplishes its purpose. Now, get one of those coals, set it aside, set it apart, put it away from the rest that's been burning hot. What do you think is going to happen to that coal that's been separated? The heat, the fire will die down. You want your life to soar in Christ? Jesus designed it for us to be in fellowship, accepting each other, flaws and all, but learning how to love, learning how to forgive, learning how to love as Christ loved us. And as we do that, we infuse our faith to people. They get encouraged. And then other people's faith, we are encouraged by them. As a result, we grow more and more into maturity, becoming more and more Christ-like. And as a community, when people see the fire is so bright and so hot, they will see Christ more and more in this community. And you notice, fellowship with God is distinct because it is designed to be distinct so that it can provoke the world. This is what you're looking for. This is how the world will know, Jesus said, that you are my disciples if you love one another. As we end, I'd like to leave us with this thought. Disciples who follow Christ, who walk with Christ, also walk with other believers. We are better together. You may be great, but you will be even greater when you're together with others who are great as well. Amen? Praise God. Let's all stand right now. Discipleship is a call to fellowship with other believers. Well, let's just pray right now. Father in heaven, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. We thank you for who you are, and we thank you for this fellowship. May we be rooted in Christ more and more so that we can demonstrate Christ to those we, we are in fellowship with so that we can encourage them, we can honor them, we can love them. And in return, they can honor us, they can love us back. And they, it's just so beneficial to be in fellowship with you and with others. And Lord, our, the quality of our fellowship with one another will be seen as we abide more and more with you and in you. Lord, help us to have, more, uh, have greater fellowship, to have a deeper walk with you every day so that that will translate to how we relate with our brothers and sisters. And as we have genuine fellowship, this is how the world will see that we are your disciples by your love in and through us. So Lord, today, help us, Lord, not to live like the world, help us not to live in darkness, but help us to walk in the light as you are in the light and help us to have fellowship with you and with one another. This is discipleship. We follow you. We embrace everything you have designed for us. We thank you. We honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now as a point of application, if you're, you've been attending this church for quite some time but you're not plugged in, let me encourage you. Be plugged in. You'll be glad that you did. God bless everybody. We're dismissed.